the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Here's the big point. Here's the big lesson that we learn from this passage. This is what God is communicating through this. He is communicating to us that God has been faithful in the past. And God is being faithful today. And God will be faithful in the future. God was faithful, God is faithful, God will be faithful. That's what this is telling us. In today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you of God's consistency. For all of time, God has proven over and over that he's faithful to do what he says. He saved the Israelites, he gave Abraham a son, he provided for Jacob. In all things, God is our great provider, and that takes trust. We have to trust that he will provide for us. So take a moment to think over every area of your life. Where do you need to let God provide? Where do you need to let go, give Him control, and trust Him for your needs? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. If you want to turn there in your Bible for me, beginning in verse 1. And there was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. And then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land. And I will be with you and bless you, for to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because through him will come Jesus Christ. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And so Isaac dwelt in Gerar, which was in the land. And the men of the place asked about his wife. And he said, she is my sister. Hey, wait a minute. For he was afraid to say, she is my wife. Because he thought, lest the men of the place kill me for Rebekah, because she is beautiful to behold. And now it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw, and there was Isaac, showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. Then Abimelech called Isaac and said, quite obviously, she is your wife. 
So how could you say she is my sister? And Isaac said to him, because I said, lest I die on account of her. And Abimelech said, what is this you've done to us? One of the people might might soon have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt on us. And so Abimelech charged all his people, saying, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. And then Isaac sowed in that land and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him and the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. And Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit be our teacher. And Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes to see the wondrous things you have for us in your word today and open our ears to hear your voice and open our hearts to be responsive to you and to your word and to your spirit. Lord, I pray and ask that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. Chapter 26 of the book of Genesis is the only chapter that is devoted entirely to events in the life of Isaac. If you remember back in chapter 25, uh, chapter 25 discussed the death of Abraham and the birth of Jacob. Chapter 27, the focus will be on Jacob Uh, once again. Chapter 26 is all about Isaac. And it's, it's interesting that, God has, that Genesis has very little to say about the patriarch Isaac, because Isaac actually lived the longest among the patriarchs, but the least is said about him in the Bible. Uh, these events that we just read here in chapter 26, I, I know they sound familiar to most of you, don't they? You, some of you probably thought, didn't we already cover this passage? Didn't we already read this? They, they sound familiar because they are very similar to events that happened in Abraham's life, Isaac's father. Isaac faced several situations in his lifetime that paralleled the events in his father's life. Here's the big point. Here's the big lesson that we learn from this passage. This is what God is communicating Through this, he is communicating to us that God has been faithful in the past and God is being faithful today and God will be faithful in the future. God was faithful. God is faithful. God will be faithful. That's what this is telling us, that God doesn't change. Bible says there's no shadow of turning with God, that he's the same yesterday, today, And forever. And chapter 26 reminds us of this truth about God that God was faithful, God is faithful, and God will be faithful. What God has done in the past for the fathers that came before, He will do for His sons and daughters today. I don't know about you, but that's a great comfort to me to know that God is faithful today, just as He was faithful in the past, and God will be faithful tomorrow. The things that we face in life right now, this year, 2020. Listen, the things we are facing are new to us, but they're not new. They're new to us, but they're not new. we're, We're going through this stuff for the first time. 
But the stuff we're going through is not new. Christians in previous generations lived through the things that we are living through today. Christians in previous generations faced pandemics and economic uncertainty and political uncertainty and job loss and disease and so on and so on and so on. This is all new to us. It's it's our first time. It's all new to us, but these things are, are not new. And that's that's true for us individually. The things that you're going through as an individual that you're facing, it's true for us corporately as the body of Christ. These things are new for us, first time for us, but they're not the first time ever. And and the point that we, we glean from this chapter is God was faithful to Christians in the past. God is being faithful to us now And God will be faithful to us in the future. He doesn't change. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. God is always faithful for a thousand generations. To every generation, God is faithful. Now, verse one here tells us that there was a famine in the land. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Now, Isaac faces a famine in the promised land, just like his parents, Abraham and Sarah, faced a famine in the promised land when they first arrived in the promised land way back in chapter 12. You remember that story. They make that long journey from Ur of the Chaldees going on faith to this land that God was going to give them. They get to the land and there's a famine in the land. Well, there's another famine. And Isaac, if you remember uh, from the previous chapter, he, he lived in Beer Leheroi and he left Beer Leheroi where he was dwelling and he, he heads towards Gerar, we're told here. And it, and it seems, that detail is given to us because it seems to be telling us that Isaac was heading to Egypt. There's a famine. And so Isaac packs up and he starts heading to Egypt. Just like his father Abraham did when there was a famine in the land in his day. Abraham, Abraham remember, took his family down to Egypt, and it seems here that Isaac is heading to Egypt. The reason I say that, that he was heading to Egypt, is because in verse 3, the Lord God appears to Isaac, doesn't just speak to him, actually appears to him, and the Lord says to Isaac, do not go down to Egypt. You know, he's on his way to Egypt. That's why the Lord says that uh, to him. And and as you, you know, if you look at a map going from Bir Leheroi over to Gerar, that's on. The, that's heading out. You know, that's like heading out to ninety-five, right? He's on his way to the highway that heads down to Egypt. Now, why was Isaac heading to Egypt? For the same reason that Abraham went down to Egypt. There's food in Egypt. There's always food in Egypt. They've got the Nile River. There's never a famine in Egypt. There's always food. They've got the Nile River Delta. Egypt, remember, in the scriptures, is a picture of the world. 
We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Egypt is a picture of the world. And when, when you and I, when we face a famine or a trial or trouble of some kind, we may be tempted to abandon the life of faith, to abandon following Christ, and go to the world and look to the world and flee to the world for our answers. And, and admittedly, the world's way, it may look easier than dwelling in the famine, staying in the famine, staying in the trial, staying in the trouble. It may look easier. It may seem less uncomfortable. We may think I would be happier if I just leave here and go to Egypt. Life would be so much better if I was just living in Egypt and got out of this place. But God says to Isaac, do not go down to Egypt. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking about bailing out and going to Egypt. And God would say to you, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. God says, dwell in this land. And I will be with you and bless you. God says to Isaac, I want you to stay here. Here? But there's a famine. I want you to stay here. I want you to dwell in this land where there's a famine. Isn't that something? That God would say, I want you to stay here. But there's a famine. There's no food. Yeah, I want you to dwell in this land where there's a famine. Don't flee, don't bail out, don't abandon this land, stay here. And if you stay here, God says, I will be with you and I will bless you. You know, God, sometimes he calls us to stay in the famine. He calls us to just stay in the trial, stay in the hardship, stay in the difficult relationship, stay in the lousy job. Not bail out. Don't quit. Don't leave. Don't take the easy way out. And God says, I will be with you in the famine. I'll be here. I'll be with you in the famine and I will bless you in the famine. Yes, there's food in Egypt. Yes, in some ways, Egypt, life in Egypt would be easier. That's true. But, but, but God's presence and God's blessings, they're in the land of famine. They're not in Egypt. 
And from a strictly human perspective, Egypt may seem like a better choice. It may seem easier than staying in the land of famine. But if you go outside of the land, you will go away from the presence of God. And you will go away from the blessings of God. God says, stay in this place of famine because I'm here and my blessings are here and I will work in your life here and I will do things in your life here in 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 the famine, not in Egypt. Not in Egypt. Don't 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 think and, and this is important, don't think that you can you know, just just leave the place of famine and go to Egypt and everything's going to be great. No, listen, you're 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 leaving one famine for just a different kind of famine. There's a famine in Egypt, too. It's not a famine of food. But there's a spiritual famine in Egypt. Because God's not there. His presence isn't there. His blessing isn't there. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You're dealing with your material, your physical needs. You're, you're meeting those needs by going to Egypt. But you're just trading one famine for a different kind of famine. A physical famine for a spiritual famine. Where now you're going to find yourself in a famine spiritually, far from God, not experiencing the blessing of God. And, and, and you're like, yeah, you've got plenty of food to eat. And in some ways, maybe you're happier. But you've just traded one famine for another type of famine. You know, in Acts chapter 27, uh, the Apostle Paul was, was on a ship on the Mediterranean, Mediterranean Sea. And he's on a ship heading to Rome. And the ship hits this horrible storm. And the ship begins to break apart in the storm. And it's obvious uh, to those on board that the ship is going to sink. But the Lord told Paul in the midst of the storm, Paul had fellowship in the midst of the storm. And the Lord told Paul that, yes, the ship is going to sink, but everyone on board the ship will survive. Well, some of the men on the ship decided to abandon ship. And they let down the lifeboat from the side of the ship. And the Apostle Paul said to those who were trying to escape in the lifeboat and abandon ship, he said, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. You got to stay in the ship. If you want to live, you got to stay in the ship. You can't bail out in the midst of the storm. You've got to stay in the ship to survive. But the ship is sinking. The ship is going down. I know. But you got to stay on board if you want to live. And God tells Isaac here, don't go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of famine. Because you're just going to trade one famine for a different kind of famine, a physical famine for a spiritual famine. I'm here in the land. I will be with you. I will bless you here, not there. And then what does God do next in verses three to five? God repeats the covenant that he made with Isaac's father, Abraham. And he makes this covenant now with Isaac. I love this. There's a famine in the land. Isaac is thinking about abandoning the promised land and going to Egypt. Egypt looks better to Isaac, but God says, don't go to Egypt. 
stay here, dwell in this land, I'll be with you here, I'll bless you here. And then God reminds Isaac of all the promises he made to his father Abraham. And now those promises pass to Isaac. What a great time to bring up the promises of God. In the very moment where you're, you're wrestling with bailing out and heading to Egypt, and, and, and God says, wait, I, let me remind you, let me tell you of all, all these things, all these promises that I made to your father, that I'm making to you, that these, these are promises for you, Isaac. And all those promises, they're tied to the land. They're tied to the land. Isaac, this land is where my promises will be fulfilled. This land is where my future for you will unfold. This is your, your future is here, Isaac. There's no future for you in, in Egypt. It's, it's all here. And again, sometimes God asks us to stay in the hard thing or in the hard place because that's where he will work. That's where his plan will unfold. That's where he will do the thing for you. It's all part of the plan. God knows it's hard to stay. God, God, God understands that there are, things, that there are things about bailing out and abandoning and going to Egypt that are appealing, that do look, he gets that. But he says, but this is where I want to do the work. This is where I want to bless. Here, not there. And look at, look at verse 3 again. He says, dwell in this land. I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give. Notice all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. This is the same thing he said to Abraham. Now he's making that promise to Isaac. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because through Isaac will come the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Now for you note takers, notice that the Lord said, I will give you all these lands, plural. And God says lands, plural here, because the promised land at this point was occupied by by at least 10 Canaanite nations. So the land was divided up among these nations. God said, I'm going to give you all these lands. All this is going to belong to you. The oath I made to your father Abraham, I will perform for you. In other words, Isaac, this famine, it's not going to stop the Lord from fulfilling his plan. The plan's still in place. The promises are still intact. God's still going to do what he promised to do. The famine's not going to stop what God wants to do. Just as no pandemic will stop the Lord from doing what the Lord Wants to do. His plan is still in place. The promises are still intact. God is still doing what he's going to do. The pandemic hasn't changed that. Now look at verse 5. Now verse 5 is so great. So he, he repeats the Abrahamic covenant. The promises he made to Abraham. And then in verse 5. He declares the basis for his promise to Isaac. Because, here's why, I'm going to do all these things for you, Isaac. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. I love this. Because Abraham obeyed the Lord, Isaac, 
you will be blessed. Do you get that? Because Abraham obeyed, Isaac, you will be blessed. In the same way, because Jesus Christ obeyed the Father, you and I are blessed. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how he interacts and intercedes with those he's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.